Welcome to the Full Contact Films Podcast, where two films enter, one film leaves. We take your favorite movies from the 80s and figure out which ones are good and which ones belong in the garbage. We are going to pit these 16 films against each other, discuss them one by one, go over the good, the bad, the ugly, and at the end of the season, throw them into a bracket, see who comes out on the other side standing. Heck yeah. Hey guys, welcome back again to the Full Contact Films Podcast. I'm Griff, joined again by... Ryan. And we have a surprise guest with us today. A good buddy from college. His name is Justin. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) So we we, kind of told you our backgrounds. Ryan and I really uh, don't have a degree in anything. Justin, however, actually has a degree... In film, correct, Justin? Mm, yes, you are correct. So Justin, Justin's going to take us to school today about Red Dawn. <laughs> I am very excited. Me too. Yeah, well, what? you just spilled the beans too, so uh, we're doing Red Dawn today. Wait, I thought we knew that we were doing Red Dawn. Yeah, I know, everybody clicked on the title. Yeah, what are you talking about? Um, so we're going to get started off first with a, a new segment that I call Amazon Says. So what I'm going to do is just read the quick brief description of Red Dawn, just so everyone has a good uh, synopsis of what's going to be going on in this movie if you haven't seen it before. So, Red Dawn, 1984. Four and a half stars, according to Amazon. Oh my god. That's 1,725 votes. In this non-stop, death-defying action thriller, the outbreak of World War III has occurred, leaving a group of Midwestern high school students turned refugees to slowly organize themselves into an effective guerrilla force. The group becomes sophisticated enough to challenge and take on Soviet invaders to win back their home. Sounds about right. Okay. Good, (laughs) that's that's what I wanted to know. (laughs) That was more entertaining Um, than the movie. What's that? That was more entertaining than the movie. The description. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. Alright, so do we want to talk a little bit about what some of the uh, the things about this film that you know you might not know, or do we want to go go right into the synopsis of the film, Justin? Since you're you're going to be uh, critiquing I'll, everything we do, I'll today. tell them what they might not know. It's terrible. It's terrible, and they should never see this movie. That's what they should. <laughs> <know>. <laughs> um, so let's let's kind of hop into some things. Uh, let's just let's just straight into the movie. We'll look at things that we might not have known afterwards. After everyone has a good good feel, a good taste for this fantastic movie. Oh my god. Um, kicks off, kids getting dropped off at school, saying, Oh, we lost the football game Friday night, it sucked. That's not the only thing they're going to lose today. Um, oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> so they get into, uh, get into history class, and the uh, teacher, he's pretty boring, let's be honest. He's not the most exciting he, He's guy, on the screen but... for 20 seconds, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you already know that class. You were sleeping through that class automatically. You, 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 there's no way you weren't. I I, um, I agree. It is boring what he's saying, which, again, that why is the movie making him say boring stuff? Whose fault is that? No, actually, what he was saying was really interesting. <laughs> so he was talking about how, how the cons would encircle just animals and just kill them for, like, days, weeks, or months. But he said one little nugget that is is fantastic. He goes, the size of the circle or semicircle for just the men would be the size of Rhode Island, which tells me one of two things. Either they were a ton of men that the con controlled, or Rhode Island is really, really tiny. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. I didn't even uh, hear him say that. Really, it was like a Rhode Island joke. Yeah, I was asleep during that class, as, <laughs> yeah. as intended by the filmmaker. And my joke, apparently. He said um, something about Mongols, but I thought it was just like <laughs> one of those lame, you know, movie foreshadowing things. Yeah, so me too, me too. I was like, is this going to be relevant somehow? Because this is boring. <laughs> but I will say, I really liked the uh, the shot of... So, like, the very next thing that happened was the Russians were, like, paratrooping, parachuting 
down and you like saw him through the windows of the class i thought that was really surreal and actually like really well done it felt freaky i watched that i agree that was the only good thing about the movie that was i think three minutes in and that is literally the best moment of the movie and even though that's the best moment you still can tell it's bad like it's still not gonna be good (laughs) all right well harsh but okay just murdering this movie six minutes in um so yeah, so he sees the guys. He, he walks slowly towards the window, and he goes down like, "Oh, it's the National Guard. What are you guys doing?" As he gets like <laughs> just destroyed. He, he's, an, he's an idiot. They're, he's going to tanks, mind you. He's going to tanks and people with uh, with guns. Just like, hey mm-hmm. guys, I'm a teacher. What's up? So yeah, so teacher wiped out. Then we've got the uh, kids. You know, the, the classroom getting riddled with bullets. Everyone diving except for one really unlucky kid who gets just taken out right at the beginning. No, he was lucky. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> it was. I was surprised at how gory it got. Like right in the beginning. I mean, you didn't really need to have that kid shot in the head in, in the <laughs> shot. But okay, but he was. Um, so then everyone starts escaping. You've got kids running out, hopping into cars, cars getting shot up. Uh, so, so it's alternating. It's kind of weird, right? You see kids getting grabbed, and you also see kids getting shot, like indiscriminately so. Yes. Yeah. I, I love how excited you're making this sound, Griff. But it's it's any it's really not. That's what's so amazing. It sounds exciting. Well, well I mean, <laughs> it was a little bit like the, uh, the chase scene in Greece where, like, they're all going 20 miles an hour for the entire, like, car race. Mm-hmm. It was a little bit like that, where you could tell, like, no one was in real danger. That car was going real slow. Yeah, it the, was, yeah. The, the sense of danger really was not real. Yeah. Oh, and then the rocket hit the uh, the school bus. I really enjoyed that. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, you're like, if there were all these guys with guns, and they were all shooting at this one Chevy Cheyenne, it would be done like it, it would be over the movie would be finished and and we'd be lucky yes i agree Grip. i don't know though but the chevy but we wouldn't have gotten to see patrick swayze and charlie sheen shine so uh T- truck gets out of dodge right there they're running they're headed for the uh the store at way out way at the uh edge of town which again <laughs> that that store that ta- that store is literally complete edge of town middle of nowhere right yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was a gas station. It wasn't even a store. Okay, how many guns did they have in that store? How much ammo? How many buck knives? Bow and arrows. Like bow and arrows. <laughs> what like, is going on in there? Well, this was the hey, look, I left town and I forgot something. This is the store I'm going to. Yeah, man, I guess so. One thing I will say is that uh, North, the North Face, must have paid these people a trillion dollars <sighs> because everybody Gosh. was wearing North Face gear the entire time. Even the stuff that was out of focus with North North Face, and you could tell it was incredible. I was I was waiting for someone to stare right into the camera and have like a little tooth gleam go off, and like the North Face allows me to brave any element. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, they just like stock up at this gas station, you know, acquire a miniature armada worth of weapons, uh, and then like run to the hills, right? Run for the hills. Indeed. Run for your life. Yeah. Straight wow, to the that hills. Was, that was beautiful. Uh, thank you. I'm crying. I appreciate that. Because <laughs> your ears are bleeding as well. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, run to the hills, get up there, and uh, start making a fire. They, they've like unloaded everything, so it's just on the ground around them. And one kid's like, I'm the student body president. We're going back. That was so annoying when he said that. Yeah, that's true. But you know what? I would expect a, a 17 or 18 year old to say that. <laughs> really? In that way? After they just, he almost died? He almost got killed? <laughs> his, he just witnessed his teacher get killed. And yeah. 10 minutes later, he wants to take charge based on the fact that he's student body president? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Well, his again, his dad is the mayor of the town. <laughs> so yeah. two, dude's just an entitled little cuss. Oh. I, I don't. I don't know. If people, you know, they all know that they go to the same school. Why does he gotta? He's telling them like they don't know. I think he's really telling the audience. He's telling us. No, I think he's te- he's definitely telling us. But I think have, if you haven't ever met most kids who are like 
my dad's a senator. <laughs> they want they wanted to let you know. They're yeah, not, that's they're true. Not like they're oh. not holding it back from you. So that was the issue that you had was that he announced that he was a student body president. I thought your issue was that he said that they should go back. My issue is he's an idiot, and then he yes he he said he says within ten minutes of seeing his you know classmates killed, uh, like hundreds of uh, these communists, let's say, with guns are out there trying to kill them within 10 minutes he says let's go back let's just let's give up he just saw his teacher get killed they were, they were yeah, shooting indiscriminately <laughs> i mean he was how did i didn't say it was a i didn't say it was a good plan or that i thought we should follow him i just said like i expect that is how a 17 or 18 year old probably might act you, you know what thankfully <laughs> yeah thankfully though jed socked him in the gut and basically told him we ain't doing that and they have this and they have that little fight over the fire yeah, I did like that. Like, like they didn't have the fight around the fire. It wasn't on one side of the fire. They were like walking over the fire, tripping through the fire. Okay, those logs were moving. As a counterpoint, if you've lived in a rural area, you've definitely been closer to a fire than you should have been. Oh no, no, no. I don't dislike the firefight scene. <laughs> oh, okay. I like the firefight scene. I thought that was. I don't know if that was intentional or not, but the fact that they were walking through it was like, yeah, that that if you were pissed off enough, you might just walk through a fire. <laughs> oh yeah, I thought that was very accurate. Like I've had friends who have like tried to throw friends into a fire, and like not in a mean way, just in a <laughs> haha way. Wow. <laughs> so I thought it was very realistic. If you live in the uh-huh, sort of Colorado mountains, off. you have no care about stepping in a fire. I feel like, yeah, especially you know the the characters in this movie who have the te- in, like that kind of intelligence. <laughs> yeah yeah right they kind of got established right from the beginning they're, they're jocks oh my gosh that jock okay yeah so the one guy says he's a uh, student body president and then he announces this and then he announces and you're the captain of the football team you you're dumb jock yeah they're taking swipes at each other from the beginning um yeah that's true all right so they they have this little fight they determine okay jed patrick swayze jed is gonna lead us and then jed his little brother Maddie, aka Charlie Sheen, and um, the other guy whose father owns the store. That Is that Robert? Robert? I think right? it might be Robert. Uh, the one who went who went, who crazy. went crazy. Yeah, who goes apocalypse now on everybody? Um, we'll get to apocalypse now later too. That they head down into the the town. They get in town. Everyone's like the people that know him are like, "Why are you here? The KGB is looking for you. They know who you are. They know you're dangerous. They have lists of everyone who has guns." <laughs> it's like, yeah. Ooh, oh, okay. I didn't even know that was. I didn't even know that was the reason uh, when they came there. That lady, I thought she was setting up some sort of mystery as to why they're targeting them. I was kind of lost a little bit. I was like, "Why? Why are they looking for them?" I didn't know that was the reason. Yeah, I think I think that's why they said basically, you know, your family is known as a disruptor and you own guns and you could be a problem. So basically, oh, okay. if we ever get invaded by the communists, this movie says we should own guns because then the communists will come after us <laughs> and we're a danger. Too. Oh my gosh, dude, that that's a good point. This this movie had the nerve. Now this is one of the greatest sins in movies I've ever seen. The greatest what movies? One of the greatest sins in a movie I've ever seen. First of all, they're really making use of this, like, literally having, like, a poster on the screen with words, or, like, a statue with words, and then they'll just have a shot of you, like, like, like the words, and then you're supposed to read it. And one time, there were, uh, the word said, like, the poster said something like, it was a bumper sticker. Oh, yeah. And it said... You can take my gun out of my cold, dead hand. Exactly. Was what it said. Exactly. And guess what? Then they pan to a dead guy with a gun in his hand, and then they and then they pry the gun from his hand, just like just like that bumper sticker said. So yeah, subtle. It's a little. It's a little. I believe that's uh, what they call foreshadowing. <laughs> foreshadowing for two <laughs> seconds. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Short, shortest uh, foreshadowing ever. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, how how can they live with themselves? How can the how can the writer and the director of this movie live with himself after doing that? I don't get it. No, that's that's an interesting one. I, so I think this is a good a good time to talk about it. Who who wrote this? Who directed this movie? Uh, Justin. Um, I know his first name is John John Mills something. Yeah, John. I, I'm gonna butcher it. John Millis. M I L I U S. M I L I U S. He um, well, he also co-wrote. Uh, what was it? Um, Apocalypse Now, right? Oh yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> Apocalypse Now. Like we just talked about that. 
Um, this is getting a little off topic, but I feel like it needs to be noted. John Milius, he had this fascination with war movies. That's why he, you know, co-wrote Apocalypse Now, why he wrote Red Dawn. But he, he tried to enlist in the Vietnam War. They said, hey, look, you have asthma, so sorry, you can't. And so on set, whenever he was filming, he would carry around a gun with him on set. It was, like, known for that. Wow. He is the... Uh, gosh, the, the words escape me right now. But he is the... Uh, the, the, the the character in the Big Lebowski, um, the dude. No, not, not the, the dude. dude. The, the other guy um, is oh, John Goodman. Oh, I don't know his name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is based on Why this guy. I... Wow, that's awesome. Wow. The John Goodman character in uh, Big Lebowski. He's an idiot, and if he's and if that's based on this director writer, you know, I think that says something. Um, <laughs> I mean. Not, not, but, and also with this whole Apocalypse Now thing, yes, he quote unquote, he co wrote the movie, but Francis, you know, Ford Coppola, he's, he's, he's a good writer. So I, who knows who did how much? Yeah. Also, that's, as we talked about before, it's, it's based on, um, Heart, Heart of, of Darkness. Darkness. So, yeah. So, so they just ripped it off. I want to give this guy as little credit as possible <laughs> for Apocalypse Now. All right. Got it. Little to no credit. It's it's done. We're we're moving on from him. Um, so they they leave the town, go out to this uh, the Mason's house out in the middle of nowhere. Whoa 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 whoa! Where are we skipping? Aren't we skipping the re- re-education camp? Um, one of my favorite scenes in the entire movie. <laughs> they took uh, Jed and Matt's dad out to this uh, communist re-education camp, and so like they go to the fence. Somebody brings the dad up, and he's like. I'm not going to say much because I'm an old country man. <laughs> and then they, they're like, okay, we love you, Dad. And they're all crying. And then they leave. And Dad is like, avenge me! <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah, yeah, avenge yeah. Avenge me! And then he just turns around. But don't worry, they're not so, looking for you right now. <laughs> yeah, for it real. Was, that, was, that was one of the dumbest scenes of the movie. It's, it's in fact, it's shameful. Harry, Harry Dean Stanton was that guy. He's a great actor. And he was that dad who said, avenge me. And, and I, I was taking notes on the movie, and I took some notes on that part. And one thing I wanted to point out is, he, sends, he, he says, avenge me last, after they've already left. They have, some yeah. long, they have some long-ish dumb conversation, and then they leave, they're, they're off screen, they're gone. And then he's like, avenge me! And I'm like, he's bearing the lead. That should be first. Hey, guys, avenge me. Why did you say that when they walk away? No, he, he had to yeah, say first. Real. He had to say, remember when I pushed you on the swings when you were a kid <laughs> and you fell off and I was there to pick you up? Well, you're not going to be there now. Such an idiot. Oh, why? How did, we could, he's behind the fence. We understand that's not going to happen again. He didn't need to say that. Yeah, so I think <laughs> I think we kind of see this. Like we're, we're kind of running around it. They use words not well in this movie, very very poorly. Um, in, in fact, there are far more bullets in this movie than there are words. Yes, yes, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, probably even more grenades than words. Um, Indeed. And uh, the words have way less force than every grenade. Um, so it's, yeah, yeah th- I wouldn't say this this movie is, is much for the uh, the, the, the conversation. Yeah. It's not a conversational movie. Like, things blow up, it good. Yeah, yeah. yeah nobody is a talker. Yeah. yeah. Nobody talks. I, and I wrote, down, I wrote down some lines from that scene where, where uh, Harry Dean Stanton, the dad, uh, one line is, um, well, these are, this is t- these are two lines. I knew I was right. You are alive. That's what he says, <laughs> and and it's great exposition ta- there. Yeah, talk about on the nose. I mean, I, okay. And then before that, there was a helicopter, and it's in the sky. It's it's big. It's a helicopter, and one of the guys goes, "It's a helicopter." <laughs> 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 what is that? Ooh, I don't know. It's for the blind. Um, incredible is what it is. <laughs> All right, so we move on from the re-education camp to the Mason's house. Um, they get they get the three very important things: a bottle of Jim Bean. Oh, oh, I yeah. see we're on the same page. <laughs> <laughs> um, Liquor, guns, and women. 
basically everything you need in a post-apocalyptic world or yeah <laughs> but yeah they get a radio that's inside a block of ice now classic i am not a smart man jenna <laughs> um, but last time i checked if you put electronics into water usually that is a bad thing yeah but th- what you're missing is that it was ice it wasn't water yeah. Ah, uh, you're uh, missing that. You're missing that. that. So it's, it's, it's your fault, water. Griff. It's your fault. I should have known better. <laughs> the ice is hard and solid. It's never going to be liquid like water. Exactly. Did they ever explain why the radio was in ice? Was it just to hide it from the commies or something? It had to be. That, so this is one of those times they decided not to give you bad exposition exposition until you figure it out on your own. They're like, here's a uh, pound yeah. cake. <clears throat> it's actually a radio and a block of ice. <laughs> Go figure. And then they're like, "Hey, we want to give you something else that's really important. Our granddaughters." <laughs> this just well, yeah. They like they for some reason they've got them hidden under the floorboards like Anne Frank or something. It's really weird. Yeah. Like, did they think the commies were there at that point in time? They just kept the girls in there twenty four hours a day. I didn't understand that. Who who knows? But apparently, yeah. They for uh, <laughs> so again two 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 more huge stars, right? Leah Thompson and Jennifer Grey. Um, yeah, yeah not Gray. at the not at the time, but yeah, yeah, eventually, not, not at the time. I I'm not gonna say this movie like launched their careers, but um, before they got on a roll, kind of each and every one of them were in this movie. They all had a couple of movies right before, but nothing that was really that big. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Jennifer Grey and, and Patrick Swayze go on to do what's what's that movie that they're dancing and oh, and there's a baby and it's in the yeah, corner. you know, just it's. <laughs> Some, uh, I hear that's a good movie. They're all dirty, I think. Yeah, raising like, raising Arizona. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, that's, 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 <laughs> definitely, that's definitely it. Um, so they get the the granddaughters. They get on the horses and there. So did you see the the scene where where Jennifer Grey got onto the horse? Did you see how she got onto the horse? Oh hell yeah! <laughs> I don't know who she was riding behind. I don't remember, but I was just hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she got whipped up on that thing like it was no big deal. Somebody's done that before. Yeah, man, that was. Yep. That was some professional horse husbandry <laughs> yeah. right there. Well, apparently they did eight weeks of training for this movie. The stars. They like of horse training? Not just horse training, but like survival training, uh, basic army tactics and everything, how to shoot a gun. Um, okay. Because every time that in this... Like, every time that Jennifer Grey and, and Leah Thompson shot a gun, I was not left thinking, oh, they can't shoot a gun. Like, they knew what they were doing. Um, yeah, that's true. Now, although I would say the majority of the time they were on the huge like 50 cal machine gun on the ground, mm-hmm. but to be fair, that is how you would shoot that. Yeah. <laughs> mm. Hey, harder harder to shoot than you might imagine. I I will give the movie credit. Um I didn't have any thoughts about whether they look like they, they can like shoot a gun or not. <laughs> I did I do have one uh, one issue with the gunnery, but uh, that's <laughs> way later in the story, and we'll, I'll talk about that when we get to it. I think there was a scene where someone was using an FAL, which is actually a NATO gun, and as we found out at the beginning of the movie, NATO was disbanded, so I'm not quite sure why uh, you know communist was using it. But anyways, that's you know beside the point. Wow, um, this guy, gun boy over here. <laughs> All right. I didn't realize that you were stuffed to the gills with 9 milli- millimeters or Glocks or whatever they call them well, these days. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Got my gat on me. Um, <laughs> you stay strapped, obviously. <laughs> uh, All right, so uh, picked up the girls. They got back to the camp. Favorite scene of the movie, I think, uh, for, like, favorite, like, 45 seconds. Um <laughs> the three Russians driving up the hill into Arapaha National Park. Oh, is that how you say that? Uh, probably not. I don't know how to say it either. I'm just. I'm I just always guessing. called it Arapaho. I think it was an H. Aha aha. I think they're all A's. <laughs> but yeah, that was a good scene. Yeah. So you've got the Soviet guys t- talking, and they're like, "Hey, you took English, right? What does this science say?" And whoa, 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 whoa! Hold up. That's not how they sounded. Do the proper accent. Forgive me, comrade. You you took uh, English in school. What does what does sign say? And uh, like he's it. looking at sign and says, <laughs> "Well, sign says that Teddy Roosevelt uh, and his imperialist American slaughtered the 
Indians here, and uh, so they erect a monument to Teddy Roosevelt for <laughs> imperialism. Oh, actions. right! I remember that part. I remember when they talked about Teddy Roosevelt. So stupid. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And all, yeah. And all the sign says is, Teddy Roosevelt helped set up the <laughs> national park system and dedicated this as a, a national park in 1905. By the way, it said 1905 on the sign, and the guy said, this happened in 1908. So he even got the year wrong. Um, yeah, he, he can't read, read numbers. English. He couldn't read numbers yeah. in English, which is a little bit tough <laughs> yeah. to imagine. Yeah, those those English numbers are much harder than the Cyrillic numbers. Yeah. Um, that, that scene is a scene that just hit home for me so of all of these scenes if i had to pick one that just felt the most real like as actually as a decent scene it would be that scene because i have had that exact <laughs> exact issue um like, like we said i you know studied russian in college um so people have said oh what does that say in russian i'm just like uh it says he's a good swimmer <laughs> um <laughs> then why are they playing football oh i don't know just uh, whatever um, so, so that scene felt very real to me and, um, I, I, I loved it right up until the moment the poor guy died. Yeah. I really liked it too, actually. Really? Definitely like out of place in this movie, like to have weird comedy like that. Mm-hmm. But I feel like it gave a little bit of a weight to when, you know, eventually, uh, they have to kill the last Russian. Jed has to kill the guy, just looking him in the face. Mm-hmm. And I feel like without any sort of joking around humanization of the russians then you would have just not felt anything when we had to shoot him well, i think you see a mild humanization of everyone throughout it right <laughs> you know it's just, <laughs> he, he sits there and looks at the guy for like 30 seconds the guy looks at him he looks at the guy the guy looks at him he looks at the guy the guy looks at him and then you hear a gunshot. Yeah, there was a lot of that okay i think the, yeah. the emphasis should be on mild uh, <laughs> i would say no one was human not even patrick swayze <laughs> really I mean, well, I didn't no, think they were think, human I think beings. You are right, actually. They're, they look, they're all cartoons. Worse yeah. than cartoons. They, they jump onto killing people, like, instantly, without any explanation at all. And they show, like, no remorse until, like... I, I, it's very strange to me. Like, they don't show remorse until, like, halfway through. And then they're like, oh, maybe I shouldn't have killed that one guy. <laughs> yeah, maybe, yeah, exactly. And, and, like, for example, there's... By the way, when it comes to the uh, subtitles, I, I must confess, I did not, um, how you say, read them. I, I, <laughs> first of all, I was, I think the, the most like surprising thing about this movie for me was that they even had subtitles. Like, I was, uh, I mean, I didn't think that they thought their audience could read. I didn't think that they would have subtitles. Oh my god. Um, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. No, but really, I was like, wow, there's subtitles in this movie. I mean, I actually resented it. I was like, you, you expect me to, to read now, to use effort, and I'm going to read nonsense. It's going to be nonsense. So it felt a little bit too effortful to read that. Um, but I get the picture. I, I felt uh, they're bad. Communist bad. America good. I, I get it. So, so I Justin- felt... You're way too young. I'll, I'll go ahead and say that right up front, mm-hmm. uh, because I always watch movies now with subtitles. No, um, I'm, be, I'm I'm kidding. I, <laughs> I I watch a lot of foreign movies, and I well, I don't want to don't don't quote me on. I watch a lot of foreign movies, but I've seen many subtitled movies. But um, I I still uh, didn't think that they had anything to say with you know this particular movie. Uh, I had to know if, if which in through each scene if there were thirty seven or thirty nine gunshots. So I was really reading that in the subtitles that's why i had that on oh yeah um <laughs> so I mean, yeah it was it, it was kind of weird the things that they they wouldn't explain a lot in this movie but then they would like with the subtitles they would explain things that you could have told just by looking at the cuban sergeant and how angry he was you'd be like oh he's angry and like in the subtitles it's just you're just reading the long version <laughs> of i'm angry <laughs> um and the weird thing to me I, griff i don't know if you caught any weirdness about the russian that was spoken mm-hmm. but the spanish was like obscenely slow slowly spoken oh yeah I, the... I could understand most of the russian and, and get the delineation of words it, it was very slowly spoken it was strange accent was perfect well i mean i don't really know the cuban accent that well but it was a native spanish speaker but like they told them to speak at like one third uh the rate of the normal spanish which was really strange to me yeah i think they did that so that 
the the untrained ear could hear it and say, "Oh yeah, that sounds like Russian." Because oh my gosh, so stupid! What a dumb, was... what dumb logic! Yeah. <laughs> All right, so so we have Arapaha, and then they um, run away. The Russians are like, "Oh, we have to kill people as reprisals for their their uh, insolence." I apologize. I'll do the Russian accent next time. I have to make fun of a Russian. Um, yeah, thank you. I apologize. So they they uh, line people up after they give the the three dead Soviets a, a glorious burial of the homeland, and oh my gosh, line them up to shoot shoot the uh, families of um, you know Patrick Swayze and Charlie Sheen and uh, the other people, and then they start singing just America the Beautiful. So oh my gosh, can you believe that? Yeah, they start singing. They start singing, and everyone starts to turn around. And you're like, "Oh man, okay, yeah, die with dignity." Great. I'm glad you're singing "America the Beautiful," but uh, I don't know if that's These the song so I would have chosen stupid. to go out on. It's so These are stupid. country people. What are you guys talking uh, about? Man. That is, there's nothing better for them to sing maybe than like "Proud to Be an American," but they couldn't even get the rights to that song. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it is. It is. That is just unbelievable. That scene, like. The whole bumper sticker, pry from my dead hands to the gun, and then seeing the guy, and then that scene where they're getting gunned down and they're singing America the, the Beautiful, in terms of not subtle at all, I mean, that just takes the cake. I mean, but let me just say this. I, I can go along with them singing that song and getting gunned down. I can, I can maybe, you know, go for that. If they were to show some actual human emotion in the face of hey i'm about to be gunned down like maybe fear like maybe i don't want this to happen instead of america america i'm like i'm like are you for real i mean they, they don't even feel like it doesn't even seem like they, they care they're, they're getting killed it's like this totally simplified uh, idea of what it means to be a, a good soldier or american which is just like bravery and it's so unrealistic, it's so one-note, it's so simple, that it's offensive. <laughs> I, I actually agree with this scene. It was it was <laughs> just like, ugh. It was, the weird thing is there was no, it's like Justin said, it was all zoomed out. You saw, like, the shooters and the people being shot in the same frame the whole time. So you couldn't see the people being shot's faces. You couldn't see anybody's faces. And all of a sudden, they just turn around and start singing. And then they get shot. And you're just like, what did I just watch? It was hacky. Yeah, you know? yeah. So so we have we have the hack scene. And then we move on to meeting Andy Tanner. We have Jennifer Grey. Who, not yeah, No, it's Leah Thompson. We have Leah Thompson, who plays kind of a weird character throughout the entire movie. She's You're not sure if she's like half feral or, or what. <laughs> Um, but she's hopping around on the stone, looking up, cocking her head different ways. Apparently, looking at fighter jets. You see this. You see this weird smoke ring puff, and um, and then you see this pilot on the ground. She goes over, and uh, again, she's got her North Face bag on. You see that, you know, out of focus. Um, wake up, Andy Tanner. Bring him back to the camp, and they kind of make him part of the team. And he helps them with raids. Um, planning things. Yeah, he was a he was a. I mean, he was actually in the military though, so he was like a fighter pilot. Yeah, American fighter pilot that got from te- down from Texas. Yeah, <laughs> I, you know what? I I was five on one. I got four of them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. I think I'm remembering that scene when Swayze, yeah. Swayze's like, "Well, how did you get shot down?" Well, I got four of them. Is that the one? Yes. How stupid yeah. is that? I mean, come on. What are we talking about here? Because oh, oh, you get. Yeah, it's like that same that thing of like you get captured or or you know that's somehow a comment on your skill or your bravery or it's like I don't, I don't know where they're going with that like oh, I, oh how come you got shot down what is this yeah i don't know what does that mean the audience i don't feel like the audience was doubting him at all and so it was <laughs> weird for him to be bragging to these like 16 year olds about how cool he was in the military. I'll be honest, yeah. I thought it's possible he could have been a uh, a spy for like 30 seconds. Mm. Oh, dang, I, okay. I, I gave it the benefit of the doubt, and then I remembered the rest of the movie. I'm like, nah, they're not going to do that. Yeah. I will say, so the the, the girl um, tried to quiz him, you know, when she found him to find out if he was a Russian spy. She asked <laughs> the capital of Texas. <laughs> oh, my God. And he said... He said Austin, and she was like, no, prepare to die. It's Houston. Idiot. What an idiot. <laughs> and I was just thinking to myself, I love that they put that in there because 
nothing says I'm an American like not knowing the capital yeah. of a certain state. Yeah, there, I just thought that was perfect. There's a there's claim to be from though. The, the are you talking about uh because the capital is actually Austin. Hello. Oh my gosh, you're right. The capital is yeah. <laughs> okay. Just making sure. Sorry, that was a little bit left. But he he was so right. Wait, she the, was wrong. She, she was, was wrong. She was, she was very wrong. The capital is actually Austin. Oh my god. Well, hey, this is just she, me she, showing she, how bad she, I am. No, no. <laughs> I, I think that's where you're going. It's like no, Le- Leah Thompson. She was wrong. No, 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 no. Leah Thompson wasn't wrong. It was the uh, the writer and the director of the movie. They just he just didn't know. No, I I think I think that was from the movie. I got the idea that she was right. <laughs> Holy Although, mother like, of God! Why would why would they make a point of her saying the wrong one then? I I think it was a joke. Um, I'm about to get attacked by a spider the size of a baseball. Um, okay, hold on, dude, a take one for the team. <laughs> Wait, yeah, how many spiders I'm... you take out today? <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna take it out, but just give me a second, okay? Oh sure. Like uh, I can keep talking. I'll be back. Right. Okay. We'll see you later. Yeah. See you later, Grim. Have fun with that spider. <laughs> <laughs> but Ryan, let me tell you. Let me tell this other movie. This other um, movie where it's Americans against the communists, and the, the the Americans' way of figuring out whether the communists were communists or really American because they're posing, right? So the Americans yeah. go. Um, how did uh how did the how did the Cubs do uh, in the World Series? And then the oh god and, and and the communists go, the communists go, a cub, a cub is but a baby bear. Oh my And then gosh. they get shot, and then the and then the Americans like, ah, oh, I know he's a commie, and he shoots him. <laughs> no way, I would get found out as a commie in this circumstance. Apparently, I did. I never even knew I was a commie until I didn't know the capital of Texas. <laughs> Spiders dead. We're good. We're ready to go. Nice, oh, nice. Good. But yeah, that, yeah, no, okay. But, but that spider's so, dead. Yeah, yeah. So they bring in the pilot to the crew, right? Yep. What was weird is that the pilot starts bringing in all this background information on the war, which is cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I like one of the things I really like about this movie is sort of the idea of the war. Um, but he said that America's only ally was China and Great Britain, and, and I was very, very confused by that. So, communist China is fighting Russia at this point? Um, you know, here, here's the only thing I can think of that's going to make sense, right? Russia's like, we want Asia. We're part of Europe. We're part of Asia. We're Eurasia. We want, we want China. So, okay. apparently, they just nuke, nuke the, uh, the rim of China that connects with them, move into it. And China, you know, went from a billion people to 600 million. And they're like, oh, no, we're done. No. Yeah, I, can, I mean, I can definitely see that. Killing 40% of your population will definitely turn you against someone. Yeah. So they start running more and more strategic um, ops now that they had, had Andy. And um, they but, just keep kind of getting more and more ire from from Colonel Bella, who's oh, yeah. who's leading the, uh, the Cuban-Russian forces. And uh, they, they keep, keep killing more people and... Uh, eventually, they send in the hunter, the KGB hunter. Whoa, whoa! Well, do am I going I too mean, fast? Do you need to? Something yeah, to that is over? too fast for me, at least. Um, so, like, yeah, they're they're basically you know going on attacks and killing people with the pilot. But can we talk about the weird romance <laughs> that the pilot has going on with uh, you know that feral homegirl, who's beautiful, by the way. She's feral, but she doesn't look feral. No, not at all. Uh, what was the so like the other girl's name was Tony? I remember that, but what was that the Pharaoh girl's name? Erica. Wow. Okay, we'll go with Erica. Wow. Um, so I had no idea. Erica, for whatever reason, falls in love with this dude. Okay, I can I can understand that. But there's this, there's this scene uh, where after one of the raids, they're all out playing football. Football. And uh, Erica walks up to the to uh, Andy. And is talking to him about his wife, of all things. <laughs> the most awkward conversation ever. And to highlight the awkwardness, Tony, who was hanging out with Erica before, now just walks ten feet away, stares into the distance, but is still in the frame as we watch these two talk about 
Yeah, I love my wife, but I love you too. Do you still love her? <laughs> yeah. It was Dang. so weird. Yeah, it's a, it a bit uh, bit off putting. It's like, okay, I'm a little creeped out now. It was. Ugh. While they play football in the background. Um, yeah. So why I, why was I, that in there? I, 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 I honestly started to tune out after at a certain point. I think an hour and twenty minutes. I started to tune out. I know that there was a romance going out on with uh, the feral girl and uh, the guy with the strong jaw and forehead. <laughs> but I yeah. I don't remember. I I. I do you remember I because at a certain point I was paying attention to the movie like for, like for the first like hour and twenty minutes or so at least the first hour and all I remember that girl saying was I wrote it down I think it was the first thing she said um, it was in response to something some guy said she said we ain't never doing your washing again <laughs> me, yeah me, Charlie Charlie <laughs> pissed her off yeah and then, then she goes me and her are as good as any of you. Then I forgot what the guy said, but then she says, "Oh no!" And then she says, "Say it again, and I'll kill you." Yeah, I think <laughs> that starts to go into her her really tragic uh, backstory because um, yeah. of what what Charlie Sheen uh, said, and because we oh. are friendly for little ears if they happen to be listening. I I, I don't want to go into it, but it involved uh, uh, inappropriateness by possibly some Russian or Cuban soldiers um, mm-hmm. upon her personage. Um, that being said, okay, great. That being said, uh, we we get into the tank battle, and which which leads to two tanks driving right up on top of them, and uh, and Lieutenant Colonel Andy hopping on top of the tank and starting to to fight it with his little pew pew, just like pow pow. I'm shooting this tank with my forty five. Um, yeah, he, I mean, he shot in. I think he killed one of those dudes. He shot inside the tank with his forty five. Yeah, you know, he did. He he got that that the forty five in there was shooting him. We think he shot a guy. Um, but then, you know, kind of the, the real negative of a tank fighting you is somebody tossed a grenade outside of the tank and it blew up and it killed him. Yeah. Um, which led to Erica slash Leah Thompson saying, I'll never love again. <laughs> oh my <laughs> gosh. Well, wait, don't skip ahead. Cause what I really liked about, um, the pilot Andy's death is that with his dying breath, he cursed the army. <laughs> he was like, why don't you land a shot for once? And then he dies, and then the tank finally hits the other tank. Yeah, oh gosh, that was just uh, so bad, it's beautiful. Yeah, I, th- I think that's this is why I love 80s movies, especially 80s action movies, is, is there not like this paragon of filmmaking most of the time? But they're just so bad it's it's wonderful uh and, and this film really i, I only agree with like, the first part there yeah for sure i know i think it's just the first part but not the second part <laughs> uh all right so uh tank war to to the the i'll never love again <laughs> um to suddenly you have these spetnaz with this beeping little box rolling up to to kill the wolverines oh yeah they're oh they're gosh. called the wolverines by the way oh my god yeah, the little i don't think we talked about that Shameful. they're like a guerrilla faction but they name themselves the wolverines because that's the mascot of the high school so which, dumb yeah, okay so that's all right yeah. well yeah that's i funny. mean they would get wiped down two seconds <laughs> for yeah sure. that yes. every 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 enemy that they fought really was bad like the spetnaz <laughs> yeah. are like the russian special forces they're like the seals yeah exactly they're, they're real they're real ba and they're, they're getting wiped out when when they finally catch up to them and then like well how did they find now first off i want to know how they knew that they were coming right there's so many were... questions about this section of the so, movie I so this you know i said about Bloodsport. has any movie ever given us so many questions in such a short amount of time memento i'm not sure a movie has ever just had so many questions throughout the movie that not only did it not answer like it didn't even attempt to let you know that there was a question yeah like it's 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 not even telling you that so anyways they perfectly ambush the spetnaz they find the beeping box and like how did they find us well, you know, how did you set up the perfect ambush <laughs> um and they find out that freaking daryl is it daryl or is it, it Danny? Either or Danny or Daryl, I forget. Or was it Robert? It was not Robert. Okay, Ro- oh, that's because Robert's Robert went apocalypse. Now that's right. Yeah. So Daryl's like, they caught me. They did unspeakable things to me. They made me swallow a tracker. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah. Like I'm pretty sure this is where the Matrix got the idea from. I hope uh, not. In case you're in case you were wondering. Uh, so so they take they take uh, they capture one Spetnaz guy and they take Daryl out and they're like. 
man, y'all are going to be executed. And, and this is where you see a little bit of humanity return to Patrick Swayze. Whoa, He's like, I just, okay, gosh. sorry. Stupid. Let's go back for just one more second because I have so, so many questions <laughs> about this scene. What? You have questions? How did they kidnap this kid without the Wolverines knowing? And then how did this kid get reintegrated into the group without anyone knowing? And I mean, surely that couldn't have taken that much time. Otherwise, they would have noticed. So, like, did they just tickle this kid with a feather for, like, a second? Make him swallow a tracker and they, then push him out the door? Ryan, they, they used their commie magic. <laughs> okay. Commie magic. I will say, one thing that was magic about this movie, uh, I don't know if you guys noticed, but they were having a meeting, the commies were, and the hunter was telling him, oh, we have to become the fox and hunt them down. Um, okay. But the Cuban sergeant was sitting in the front row with, with those the glasses. Best shades I've ever <laughs> seen. Like 80s sunglasses. They were gigantic. Uh, I, it was incredible. Yeah. I, that was the best moment of the entire movie, I think, for me. It was just watching him get dressed down by this uh, the hunter that they hired from Russia or whatever. Just because you could watch that style, watch that dude just not care. Yeah. Those glasses were great. I, I really want a pair now. Yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, so. <laughs> but yeah, no. Okay, we we need to skip over that part because it doesn't make any sense. Did yeah, uh, so did so we talk about that part? He's like, I'm gonna hunt him, and we we have the spetnaz coming after him. We have him taking Daryl out and shooting Daryl. Well, Daryl went to shoot him, but then Apocalypse now Robert. Just whoa, 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 whoa! Daryl went to shoot him. No, no, no. Sorry. Who the hell's Daryl? Jed was gonna shoot Daryl. So, and okay. Said, and just, and could, <laughs> this is, this how, how, how do you guys know who Daryl is? Because I don't know their names. Daryl is the one who got the bug uh, planted um, in his body. Mm. Mostly because I'm kind of also skimming over Wikipedia while we're talking. I see, I'm, I like, see. I can give up all my secrets. Um, <laughs> Justin brings up a great point, though. Nobody ever says anybody else's name in this entire movie. Uh, <laughs> you get, like, one example of each person's name at the very beginning, and that's it. But when the Spetsnaz attacked... They left one of them alive so they could question him. Um, they didn't get anything out of him. And then Daryl finally broke down about the bug. So they've got the... They, they're really pissed off at the two of them, obviously. So they bring them both of them to an empty field where they're going to execute them and then head out on the horses. And so it's Jed that goes up and he's about to go and shoot him. But everybody else says, no, 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 don't do it, don't do it. <laughs> and then... Robert, obviously, he is fully apocalypse now at this point, and uh, he's just standing over in the corner, staring at them with his arms crossed, and like a surly look on his face, because that's the only look he has from this point on. Because he doesn't have that look much longer. <laughs> well, yeah, no. So Jed pops the Russian um, real quick, and then he kind of doubts himself when it comes to killing Daryl, because Daryl like betrayed them, right? Um, but he has he's really having second thoughts. Uh, and then... <laughs> All of a sudden, Robert comes up and he just pop, 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 and then Daryl's dead, and that's it, and that's no more Daryl. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't get that. I uh, so uh, so I around maybe an hour and twenty minutes. I, I fast forwarded to a battle scene, or um, <laughs> <laughs> so I think I might have lost a little bit of the logic, whatever little logic was there. But yeah, so I watched that scene because like, okay, I get it. Things are exploding. What what are they gonna talk? Okay, so I stopped when they were talking and. I saw that. I saw, you know, this idea that this guy somehow betrayed them with the tracker or whatever. And there was some cross-talk about whether they should kill him. And then Swayze's pointing a gun at him. Very undramatic. I mean, who are they making this sound like it's dramatic? I didn't care at all. I was like, kill him. Who cares? <laughs> but, um, but fine, this happened. And then out of nowhere, whatever his name is, Robert. Um, I, I think, was Robert the guy that had a Star Wars hat? In the beginning, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's so stupid. Whatever, <laughs> that's that. That was that is as much about his character that is established that he had a Star Wars hat. That's the only defining characteristic, as far as I can, I'm concerned. Pretty much, yeah. But well, and his parents. He found out his parents died like instantly before everybody. Else. Oh right, that's true. That's true. Oh boohoo! So I don't know. I wasn't. I didn't care much about him. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. I just. I. Whose side were you guys on? The the Russians or the Americans? Are you asking me, like, legitimately right now? <laughs> no, no, we can talk about it later. But, um, <laughs> but, um, okay, so... All right, let's, uh, yeah. let's, let's power through the, the rest of the movie real quick, and then we'll, we'll hop on to the fun conversations. Um, okay. So, so <laughs> yeah, right. you get them running away from this, they get to the kind of this, this penultimate scene of they're, they're hiding in the rocks, 
about to ambush, and then they see these boxes fall out. It happens to be food, so they run down, get the food, get back up into the rocks. They're eating the rocks, and then suddenly this attack helicopter comes out of nowhere. Uh, what? Not just one attack helicopter, two helicopters. First of those one, you're just like, oh no, but then by the end, there are three. Wow. Um, long, long story short, Tony gets shot oh. by a helicopter, which is probably at least a 50 cal. From a helicopter. 50 cow! Somehow, still is able to get up, hop onto a horse, from getting shot in the chest, uh, and and, and ride around for about 30 seconds before she falls off, and uh, Patrick Swayze gets down with her. Griff, can I just say one thing? Yeah. That that helicopter also had a bumper sticker that said, you can take the 50 cow from my uh, <laughs> cold dead fingers. <laughs> I, I, I'd put that sticker on my helicopter too. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, so uh, Swayze and um, Jennifer Grey fall off the horse and they're there for a second. We, they switch over to Robert, who again, just, he's he's had it. He's got his, his uh, RPG helicopter comes around he shoots it apparently it just hits one guy the rpg the explode the exploding grenade inside the helicopter okay yeah classic it's the best hit you could ever imagine uh and the helicopter the one guy falls out i think and then the helicopter just wheels around and mows it like it's unaffected by it completely it keeps going. It's like, I'm just going to head over here for a minute, guys, and uh, spin this one off. And then you have the other two come over the hill. <laughs> and he's just like, all right, I got my AK. I'm going to stand here and just shoot at you guys. He's no, no, no. He's not going to shoot at them. He's going to hip fire at a helicopter. <laughs> he's not even going to aim down the sights at these helicopters. Oh, man. It was, it was That is my one gun faux pas in this entire movie <laughs> yeah. is this kid just acting like he's uh, Charlie Sheen from Hot Shots Part 2 <laughs> where he can just take a machine gun and like shoot at these freaking it was ridiculous Do it. so yeah so he gets mowed down he's done um, Sheen and uh, so Charlie Sheen who's, who's Maddie, Erica and Danny they all escape cuts back to Swayze and Gray she's like I don't want to get caught and give away our secrets. Even though she's clearly, like, gonna die here in a right. second or two. Um, so he's like, I'll shoot you. And he's like, I can't. She's like, I don't want to be cold. Give me a grenade. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I mean, whenever I get a cold, I ask for a grenade, too. <laughs> I'm just like, deal me in. I'm done. I'm cold. What, the, what the hell is she talking about? My gosh. <laughs> oh, my gosh. She was, okay, she was bleeding out. And when you bleed out, it does feel cold. That was an accurate part of this movie. Yeah, but the last thing she I want to do is someone who's bleeding out a grenade and pull the pin right next to it. I don't understand. Oh my gosh. The grenade was so that she could blow herself up instead of having to bleed out. Yeah, but Coward. she could die at any second, and I'm going to give her a grenade and pull the pin right <laughs> next to her and slowly walk away. Yeah. Listen, okay, I think this is a difference of opinion. Uh, <laughs> how about I thought that, that? I thought that her death was largely pointless, but it was kind of fun that... She put the grenade underneath herself, and then when they come and like try to move her body, uh, the Russians try to move her body yeah. by the hair, and uh, it just blows one of them up. I thought that listen, was kind of fun. L- listen, how about the fact that she took the coward's way out using a grenade to blow herself up? Come on! Well, no, she I didn't th- even. I think she was I way think... dead before before they before she. You, you you're yeah, right. Yeah. She was way dead before she's even was talking. Like they 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 shot her. Like a twenty times, and then ten minutes later, she has this conversation where she should have been dead already. Why is she alive at that point? Uh, shit was bad. Yeah, it was, okay, it's not perfect, but we can move on <laughs> not perfect. All right, so so moving on, and then uh, we're getting to the fi- final scene where they're like, "Just you got to get across the plains, Danny and uh, Eric. You just got to get across the plains. We'll we'll create a diversion for you." I don't know like why they had to create a diversion. Like I guess they had to go through the center of town. They couldn't just go around the town and escape. Anyways, again, questions we might never know the answer to. Um, so you've got apparently this two man wrecking crew. Of, of Maddie and Jed just running through the town, firing off RPGs. No one really knows where anything's coming from. Towers are getting knocked down. Vehicles are exploding. And and then you see the uh, the one Spanish guy follow. Apparently he got shot by a trail and died. And uh, you have the final kind of con- confrontation between the KGB hunter and Jed. And Jed shoots him after, after uh, the hunter has shot Maddie 
and then shoots Jed. Um, yeah. So you've got this this scene where they're uh, Jed's like it's okay, it's okay, Maddie. You don't don't just it's all right. It's gonna be okay. We're almost there. They get to the they're walking and um, Colonel Bella sees them and getting ready to shoot him and apparently he's gone soft in the past ten minutes. <laughs> he just he just wa- waves them on through. He's he's like I'm getting too old for this. Yeah. Um. So they get to the they get to the park and they're sitting on this park bench. Uh, I assume it's a, a a reference back to their dad saying I can't pick you up anymore. Um, and, and, and they're saying, "Just lean on me. Just lean on me, Maddie. It'll be okay. Just, just lean on me, Maddie. We're, we're both gonna die, but Dad's gonna be here soon. It's, it's okay." Uh-huh. And that's how the movie ends. And then they say, "Well, America came back. America won. America." Mm. And uh, end scene on the uh, rock where they wrote everyone's name and, and the most ridiculous inscription: "Gorilla. It's mostly children fought and protected us." And that's the cinematic masterpiece that is Red Dawn 1984. Not to be confused with the cinematic masterpiece that is Red Dawn 2012, where they're fighting the North Koreans and driving around shooting miniguns out of the back of a Mustang. Oh, wow. I have not seen that one. I don't know if I will ever see it, though. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, so that's that's the movie. It, it, It is what it is. It's confusing. But it was apparently the perfect movie for 1984. Um, so coming into 1984, kind of the history behind everything, f- some fun stuff. 1984 was um, was an, a year for the Olympics, and the USSR boycotted the Summer Olympics in Los Angeles. They cited security concerns as the primary reason, but also because anti, you know. No one likes the commies. Does anyone like the commies? Let's be honest. The commies like themselves. Okay, well, that's that's their fault. But, yeah, everyone's like, well, we don't like the commies. So the, the USSR boycotted the U.S. Olympics. Weird. Mm, yeah. Um, they, I mean, they wouldn't have known that making this movie, obviously. Obviously. This, this movie came out that same year. That's, that's kind of why I'm, like, saying it. I, I don't know when it came out in relation to. It probably came out early in the year early summer and then you had the olympics so they came out about the same time but yeah they wouldn't have known it enough to to go through it yeah um red dawn fun fun fact first movie to get a pg-13 ranking rating whoa yeah i don't know if that would get a pg-13 these days what with that one kid shot through the I, head that that is exactly what i was thinking that that's going straight to r yeah Probably. That's just how everything's gone though you know it's like impossible to be a g movie unless there's literally no conflict so those are just some kind of the, the quick hit, interesting things about the movie. Ryan, anything that you kind of ran into or really liked about the movie that you thought think everyone should know? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that overall. Uh, so we're get, I'm getting ahead of myself. You know, at the end of every episode, we rate each movie out of a hundred, uh, and we're not there yet. But I really like this movie, and uh, part of the reason I think is that it's a like oddly. For me, it was a very interesting movie, but it was like a Western-themed movie, I think. So, like, the music was all Western, the characters all acted like Western characters where they don't say basically anything, Um, and I don't know, I'm just, I like that in general. Um, This movie didn't do it perfectly, but, like, you can see... Oh, I forget. In modern movies, you know, the better a movie is, the less the characters talk, I, I think. Um, so you got a lot of that in this and it also didn't, this movie didn't treat you like you were dumb. So to me, when Jed and Matt went back, they said they were going to create a diversion, right? Mm -hmm. Um, they were really avenging their dad, but they didn't come out and tell you to your face, we have to go back and avenge our dad because he told us to go avenge him. Remember that time that he said, avenge me? Um, I... I think if this were a movie were a silent film and there were was actually was absolutely no talking, um, and just you kind of had to infer everything, I think it would have been a pretty good movie. Yeah, and it yeah it was. I, so to me, I like the western sort of themes in there, and actually they even had one guy. So when Jed and Matt went into the communist uh, camp to go and raid it, they had one guy literally fall and cartwheel off of a second story building exactly like you've seen in every western movie <laughs> and my heart exploded at that moment because i knew that it couldn't get any better than that <laughs> yeah that was i remember waiting for that like 
Not the first grenade. Nope, he's still there. Second grenade. Oh, yeah, he's off. He's off. Yeah. But, yeah, I don't know. So, like, I think that they also broach the theme of war in an interesting way. Uh, Although I know that it's, yeah, it's, like, heavy-handed in some ways. But, like, the fact that this, everything was very futile. Nobody really did anything in this movie uh, worth of circumstance, you know? Yeah, it's like, even though you saw him shooting people throughout the the movie and and stopping these raids you got no feeling that the russians or the spanish or the cubans were going to be giving up anytime soon but that's a terrible way to approach war the idea that everything's futile what do you mean by that you're saying that it approaches war in an interesting way because things seem futile yeah yeah instead of just you know rah rah we're gonna win i mean you you really see almost everyone die um, you see our main characters die. You see the Russians and the Cubans still being there and being in power by at the end of the movie. Except for the expository at the end, it's like the the the, the bad guys, you know, kind of won. Though if you're you're Charlie Sheen, you say I don't need to see the end because we're gonna win. Yeah. Um, but I, to me, yeah. like I really liked that aspect because in most war movies, you've got people achieving an objective and at the end, like they win. You know. So if this was more traditional, uh, the kids would have retaken the city. They would have kicked out the communists and probably killed them all. And uh, their parents wouldn't have died, all that stuff. But that's not how it played out. Uh, It was just the war happened. Everything, a bunch of people died. And then there was a plaque at the end. And that's it. You know, the the girl even said this war ends like all wars do, you know. So I thought that was really interesting. And so like in this movie, war was really futile. Um, it was really impersonal. There was no like vengeance that anybody got against anybody else, um, and it was also just very uh, like brutal. You know, everybody you saw a whole lot of death that really didn't. It really wasn't charged with meaning. Yep. All right. So I I think. Go ahead, Justin. Are we doing? Are we talking about? Um... Yeah. Quick. Quick wrap up. We're getting to the the end end of everything. We got to make our our ratings and see how this film falls out okay well then what i'll just say in response to what you said ryan i think that having a war movie that isn't charged with meaning to me is a turnoff because i mean in this movie in fact i read on wikipedia that it has more deaths in this movie than any the guinness record for the most deaths in a movie talking about and and this this goes to this idea of the deaths in this movie do come across as meaningless the stakes are very low there it feels like the stakes are low because everyone's dying and because um you don't really know these characters it's really black and white america's the hero commie communists are bad and this all creates this idea of life is not that meaningful um and i think that's a bad thing and the thing is, they're not doing it in an ironic way. They're they're taking themselves very seriously about it. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I, I think that you could. There's definitely an argument to be made that every death in a movie should be super emotionally charged. Um, but yeah, I just think I like the way that they approach the idea of war because I think in real life, a lot of it does feel meaningless. Or even a death, just one. I'd like just one. No. <laughs> yeah. All right. So time time to score, Ryan. Uh, Justin, you're you're since you're the guest, we're gonna let you go first. Remember, we score this on a uh, one to a hundred. Wait, he's going. Take... Shouldn't he go last? No, guest first, man. Okay, wow, hot seat. Guest first. Yeah, we're putting him on the hot seat. Justin, how how do you score this film on a scale of one to a hundred? Just a simple number. Simple yeah. number. Um, uh, no negative numbers. <laughs> no <laughs> negative numbers. No, no, no negative numbers. Um, okay, let me think. Um. One to a so one. It's got to be at least one. It could be zero. Okay, zero to a hundred. Um, zero to a hundred. Um, five. Dang. Would you like that? Do you want to add any justification? You can, but you don't have to. I'm giving it a five. Well, it's okay if it's at the bottom of the bracket, right? Ah, uh, true. I guess it's okay if it's at the bottom of the bracket. So we're gonna give it a five. We'll stick with that. Um, okay. So then we'll just uh, we'll just let Ryan you go ahead and give your rating. I'll give my rating, and then we'll slap that in there, and we'll be good to go. Sure. Um, 
All right, yeah, I'll go with my rating then. So to me, I don't know what this movie, I don't know why I liked it so much. It just kind of tickled a whole bunch of fancies for me. Uh, you got the Colorado setting, you know, they had like a bunch of shots of the mountains and stuff, which I'm super not, into. Not to, you know, burst your bubbles. It was actually shot in Las Vegas, New Mexico. Don't care. I love Vegas too. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Wrong, wrong Las Vegas, Las Vegas, New Mexico. Not oh, Las the Vegas, crappy Nevada. Las Vegas. The crappy Las Vegas. Wow. That Las Vegas is the Eiffel Tower, the American <laughs> Eiffel Tower of Las Vegas. <laughs> but okay, you know what? Vegas is pretty too. They've actually got like uh, a mountain outside of the real Las Vegas. It's really nice that I stayed at once. But anyway, the setting was awesome. Uh, I really like the whole survival in the woods type deal. So I was super into that. Uh, and I also like characters not speaking. Uh, so this movie overall scored really high for me. Um, I'm giving it a 90. I'm giving it barely an A for me. Whoa. That is. I know crazy. it's shocking. I'll, I'll be honest. <laughs> I, as much as the next, you know, semi doomsdayer, uh, enjoy a good movie that's kind of got that you know suddenly people are thrust into this situation that they're not expected but they got guns grits and girls um so they're they're good to go it it was a rough again it's if i look at it kind of like the last ones it was it was fun to watch and i enjoyed it i felt myself having to kind of grit through it occasionally um but overall you know i give it a c so it, it gets a 77 from me Okay, that's fair. So, so, I mean, it's 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 getting a degree, but it's you know maybe not proud of its degree. Guns, grits, and girls. How did you guess the title of my uh, newest country single coming out? <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh, I just you know when you know you know. Yeah, obviously, I'm gonna be All the right. next Joe Exotic, baby. <laughs> you just wait. Oh man! Well, that brings us to the conclusion of Red Dawn this week. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in, and uh, we'll see you next time. Bye. See ya. <laughs> but we're still here. <laughs>